chapter 5. We're on week 2 of our series. The title, Prepared to Change. Means that you walk out of here different than how you walked in. That you can move to a different place. You can get unstuck. You can take a new direction. A new path. You can overcome. In John chapter 5, we start in verse 1. And it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? You know, as you read that and you hear that question, you can almost be critical of Jesus and go, what kind of question is that? I mean, really, Jesus? That's the question you're going to ask somebody who's been like this for 38 years? Do you want to get well? Isn't that obvious? Of course he wants to get well. I mean, who would have a problem and not want to fix it? Who would have a problem and not want to do anything about it? You know who? All of us. I mean, I'm only 47. That's in the young crew. Old crew starts 48 and above. I'm 47 and that's that's where it starts. If you're wondering. But I know in my life that so many of the things that are issues in my heart and in my character and in my life, theoretically I go, I want that to be different. But wanting it to be different and doing something about it to make it different are two entirely different things. And you know what? I think you're just like me. That there are many areas of life that you have said again and again, Oh, yes, I don't like this about who I am. I just want to change. Maybe every January 1st you're reminded of it. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Through Him all things were made. You were made through Him. He knows how you're wired. He knows what your roadblocks are. And that's exactly why he asks you the question this morning. Do you want to get well? Because there's so much more than just that. What he's saying is, do you really, really, really want to get well? Are you ready to do whatever it takes to get well? You see, that's what he's asking. Not, oh yeah, in theory, would you like to change? 
Wayne Dyer said, you are not stuck where you are unless you decide to stay there. To stay put is a choice. Now we're going to have this sermon. We're going to close with a song. Hopefully you enjoy some great fellowship. But then you have a choice to make before you leave those doors. And the choice is, are you going to do anything about it? Because you could hear all the right answers and still decide to not get well. Ultimately, it comes down to a decision that you are going to make. Now, I want to ask you a question. What would you be able to accomplish if you had no fear? No fear of anything. Not, there's not one thing on this planet that would make you afraid. How about if you never had to deal with discouragement or hurts? What could you accomplish then? You see, that's what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to expand your mind and going, okay, let's throw everything aside and let's get down to the root of the issue. Do you want to get well? Now, one of the most amazing things happened right after this. He does not say yes. Which is exactly why Jesus asked the question, and parents, you know this when you ask your child a yes-no question such as, is your room clean? And you hear anything other than yes or something like, wow, you know, Dad, you know what's really strange? You know what the answer is. And it's not yes. There is no other answer other than yes that is the right answer to, do you want to get well? Every other answer is a way to try and get around having to say yes. I'm too busy. I can't. I've tried. I'm afraid. Jesus is asking you this morning a yes, no question. read a quote talking about change that said this. Change happens for one of two reasons. You either learn enough that you want to change or you're hurt enough that you have to change. Which is it? He didn't say yes. He said, sir, at least he was polite. I have no one to help me. The pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Say, whose fault was his problem? Well, it was the lack of help. So it was those people. And then it was other people's fault because when I have the help, other people get in my way. Jesus didn't ask him whose fault it was. He didn't ask for an explanation. He didn't ask him about all the occurrences of the water stirring at Bethesda. He just said, do you want to get well? Jesus knew his life, 
And Jesus knows your life. And he knows the chances, the hurts, the sorrows, the pains, the struggles that you've grown up with, that you lived with, and why you are where you are right now. And he still asks a simple question. Do you want to get well? I think so often, like this invalid, we we want to blame other people. Because if it's somebody else's fault, then that takes the pressure off me. Because I don't want to be in trouble. I don't want the Son of God mad at me. So if Jesus is trying to change me, and I can convince him that it's not my fault, now he won't be upset with my life. The problem with that is if it's not your fault, then you also can't change. And so you don't have a decision to make if it's somebody else's fault. Somebody else would have to make that decision. But God knows that's not true. He tells us things like this in Ezekiel 18 through 20. He says, the son will not share the guilt of the father, nor will the father share the guilt of the son. That means, hey, you can blame your parents for your DNA. But you will never be able to stand before God and say, it's their fault that I chose to sin. James 1 says that each one sins by their own evil desire. And 1 Corinthians 10 says that God will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. He will always provide a way out. Say, who do we want to blame for our lack of change? God? It's too hard. Look at my life. Don't you understand? Don't you care? Don't you love me? Why did you do this to me? Why did I lose my job? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? God, if you cared about me, I wouldn't be in this situation. And that's why I don't change. No, God can't be tempted, nor does he tempt anyone. And we want to blame people. It's my spouse, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's my kids, it's my boss, it's my neighbors, it's my classes, it's my professor, it's my coach. It's the culture I grew up in. It was this that happened, it was this bad experience, it was that. You know, all those things absolutely contribute to who we are. But never let... Our learning lead us only to knowledge. Learning is supposed to produce action. And, uh, you know, keep your Bible right here in John 5, but I want to go and look at a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. Now, Paul is instructing Timothy, a young evangelist leading a very large church, and Paul is is helping him how to minister to people, how to lead this congregation, to motivate hearts. And he says this at the beginning of chapter 3, he goes, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. And he gives a long list of what terrible times 
look like? Well, look at what verse 7 says. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Paul says this is one of the qualities of terrible times. They study and they study and they study and they get more knowledge and more knowledge and more knowledge, but they never reach a decision point. They can never acknowledge the truth. It never, they never draw a line in the sand. It's just so I need to learn more. It's, just, it's terrible times to be in that situation. You see, we will never change our life unless we stop blaming someone else. Though it's hard to let go of blame. Because to make a decision to stop blaming other people means we take full responsibility for the choices we make. So, is there anything in your life that you want to change that you do not take full responsibility for? Because I promise you, if you don't take full responsibility, you will not change. No matter how badly you, you leave here going, okay, I'm going to change. If you don't take full responsibility, you won't change it. Do you want to get well, sir? People don't help me. They get in my way when it's my you know, open window, it gets blocked by somebody else. I don't get a fair shake. I don't get the chances I want. You know what else is amazing about this story? Is Jesus just ignored his excuses. And he got to where the rubber meets the road. What did he say? Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. This guy had issues on the inside and he was blaming other people. And Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, kind of like the verse that Heather referred to in the Lord's Supper, Exodus 14, 15. Why are you crying out to me? Move on. Do something. Take action. You know, Jesus looks at you and he goes, you know what, change is possible. But you must take action. You say, well, I've got to be fully convinced first and then I'll take action. Jesus didn't wait for him to be fully convinced. He's in the middle of excuse making, blaming other people. And he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Would you be willing to put it into practice? You know, changes build on themselves. You put it into practice, then Jesus reinforces it from there. So there's decision in your life that you've been wrestling with. Maybe you've been one of those always learning. No, I need to study more. I need to see more verses. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've told you know what, a year from now, the Bible's still going to read the same as it does now. 
Now, when the Bible makes something clear, like are you hoping to find another verse that says, okay, the thing that you're supposed to do right there, you don't really have to do that. Like, are we looking for that verse? Because it's not in there. The Bible is consistent. It works together. It's in harmony. And it says in the Bible once, do this. You can take that to the bank and go, all right, this one I, I got to do. I mean, do you need 20 verses to say the same thing? So what has stopped you from the action step? Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. You say, what's really hard to change? I can't imagine a tougher situation than to be incapacitated for 38 years. You know, that's over 10,000 days of being stuck. And Jesus is like, get up. Take your mat and walk. He called him to action. You know, repentance is an action. It is living differently. It's a decision that you've got to make. You know, I appreciate so much Jordan Lambert just baptized in our campus ministry. You know what? Jordan came out here and he lived uh, with his aunt and uncle five years ago. And he got a chance to experience the church and the fellowship and the Word of God and all kinds of things. And then a couple months ago came out for another visit. And over the summer, it was different. And he said, all right, it's time to do something about it. So Aaron, what is he, a cousin-in-law? said, Jordan, just move out here then. Just get another job out here, move out here, live your life out here, and become a disciple. You know what Jordan said? Okay. Say, how far did he have to move? Well, he was living in Detroit, Michigan. Young man. But you know what? When you want to change, you'll do whatever it takes. It was awesome having Jordan in another Bible study this week, and he's giving his input to this guy, and it's just it's awesome. And you're like, you know what? That was a man who was convicted. And he's like, okay, what do I need to do? What gives me the best opportunity to walk with God and do well? And Aaron said, just move out here. Okay. What roadblock do you have? Say, ultimately, it boils down to action. Pick up your mat and walk. It says in verse 9, At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. 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 <laughs> it's that day too, the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. I love this response. Well, the man made me well, told me to carry it. So there. 
You know, when somebody heals you from being incapacitated for 38 years, good choice. Just do what they tell you. Because what, what benefit had the law given them at that point? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, the amazing thing is you make a decision to change, it will not be popular with everyone around you. Even though it's the right thing, it's the righteous thing, you're trying to do what God wants. I remember studying the Bible and, and changing drunkenness and immorality and drugs and just selfishness and worldly living. And I have my parents go, we like you better the old way. I said, really? Really, the old way where I only called you if I needed money and I was drunk all the time and self-centered, like you want me better that way? And you know what they said? Well, we like the changes you're making, but you've become so different. I just said, thanks. <laughs> I didn't know how to answer that. I was like, okay, which is it? But it kind of took me off guard because it was the last thing I thought I was going to hear from the people that loved me. As I thought they would go, that's so awesome you're making these changes. It's what we prayed about. Oh, it's what we want. It's so good that you're getting rid of sin in your life. That's awesome. What can we do to support you? Yet so many times, just like, you know, the Jews right here. Here's this guy healed. It's miraculous. And what's their perspective? Um, the approved social customs say no mat carrying on the Sabbath. We don't care if you've been healed after 38 years. Who will oppose your change? Is there any approved social customs in your family that is a roadblock to living differently? Yeah, the question is what's right, not what is approved. I like uh, what Henry Ford said. He goes, if I would ask my customers what they wanted, they would ask for a faster horse. You know, I like driving in a car. I don't mind a horse, but I'd rather drive cross-country in a car than on a horse. You know, it's like if we only got stuck in what was approved by whoever influenced us, we wouldn't get to a different place. Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. Do you think he didn't know it was the Sabbath? Do you think Jesus didn't know that the Jews would be offended by mat carrying on the Sabbath? Now, the fact is the Bible didn't say no mat carrying. They'd kind of added that in as a command. And many times that's what they were upset with Jesus and his disciples. They were breaking a tradition, not the word of God. And Jesus knew where the line was drawn. He didn't break the word of God, but he had no problem not following man's traditions. said, well, who is this fellow, verse 12, who told you to pick it up and walk? Verse 13, man had no idea. For Jesus slipped away in the crowd, that was there. Isn't that an incredible interaction? He didn't even know. He's just like, okay, 
to say how intimate was his connection with Jesus in order to make that change? Not at all. But he put it into practice. And 38 years of being stuck was erased. I love this. Verse 14. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Then the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Jesus found him. He said, hey, I want you to be healed, but I also want you to have that connection with me, the Son of God. And so he found him. He tracked him down. And that's, you know, God, when he starts moving in your life, he answers prayers like Heather's prayer. You know, I think I'm a Christian, but if I was, I don't think I'd feel this way. There's something more. Make it clear and boom. You go, wow, what an amazing coincidence. No, God just connects with people that want help. And right now, our mind and hearts are filled with things that we struggle with. Maybe things that nobody but you and God know about. And the roadblocks... And the challenges and the barriers that we're going to face when we walk out those doors. And you say, what was the lengthy counseling appointment that Jesus had with this man? Went about like this. Stop sinning. Like you just never see Jesus have some long discussion about sin. All of them are... Go now. Leave your life of sin. Stop it. Don't do that anymore. You go, well, that, wow, really easy for you to say, Jesus. You never sin. Thank you for the pat answer, Jesus. Can't you give me something a little more meaningful, a little more helpful? No, remember, you were made through him. He knows how you're wired. Because too often, we're the... our thinking is what blocks our repentance because we want to make it a process. And Jesus says, no, stop sinning. Live differently. Change your life. It doesn't take a week or a month or a year or a decade. It says you can change today. I want to challenge every person in here. Say, what is it that has held you prisoner for long enough? What is it that you hate about who you are? What is it that nobody else knows about that you're struggling with? What is it? that you've read in the scriptures and know needs to change, but you've been afraid to take the action step. You know, we all have stuff. Here's the challenge. Before you walk out those doors, do something about it. If you know what the scriptures say, obey it. If you don't know what the scriptures say, talk to the person who brought you. Let's say, study the Bible with me. I want to live a righteous life, but I don't even know what that means. Say, will you study the Bible with me soon? 
But at some point in the future, someday, maybe, get your calendar out and plan it. Say, Jesus knows how you're wired. What's key action steps? Well, answer the question. Do you want to get well? Do you really want to get well? And then Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus will supply everything you need to move forward victoriously. Are you prepared to change? you got a decision to make before you leave. You can leave unchanged. You can leave saying, oh yeah, I want to make a change. But you didn't do anything about the change. And you're going to come back a week from now or a year from now in the exact same place. Make a decision today to, to pick up your mat and walk. Respond to God's call in your life. And let's make those changes. Amen? Let's stand as we close in the final song. I want to encourage everybody after the last song uh, to make sure you get back to the back table if you haven't signed up for our camping weekend at Ventura Ranch. It's less than two weeks away. And uh, we really want you to come out here and enjoy a great family time with us Friday, Saturday, Sunday in uh, two weekends from now. Uh, Dave Lisnick will be at the back table. Uh, reserve your campsite and come be a part of our weekend together. All right, let's sing out.